Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Friday. I hope you had the most amazing week possible. I want to welcome you to Conversations with Toy. I am the host of this amazing podcast. I am a podcaster, a content creator, a blogger. I have lots of hats, but on this podcast, I like to encourage people to live your best life. Now I get it. Everybody says live your best life and they talk about vacations and they talk about all these different things. But are you living your best life if at so many points doing all those amazing, wonderful and do do those things, your mindset is not right. Your headspace is not okay. You can't put two thoughts together and you're struggling on the inside. So what is the point of decorating the outside if our inside is going to be all over the place? That is what the whole purpose of this podcast. And we bring in guests that have different perspectives. Why? Because like people, we have different perspectives and no one person is right, right? But the joy of doing something that you enjoy, the joy of doing something that you and you're good at or you find your 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 thing, your niche, right? You just really love what you're doing is the purpose. If this is your first time listening to Conversations with Toy, welcome. I hope that this is not your last time. This is season nine, so there are eight more seasons that came before this. So that means that there are plenty of episodes that you can listen to. We talk about, or I should say I, talk about different things. Again, mental health and wellness is always going to be the forefront. I also talk about things that are happening on these internet streets and a way to encourage for you to get out to enjoy, even if you have a mental health issue, even if you have some sort of mental health illness, even if you're the type of person that has to maybe plan it, maybe take a step back, you may have to take a deep breath or you're not as social as other people, I still want you to get out and find a way to enjoy your life. Because let's face it, if you are dealing with anxiety or if you are dealing with depression or if you are dealing with some form of mental health, you sometimes become your worst enemy because you're overthinking, you're calculating what other people are going to say about you. You've already calculated all the steps, but in life, sometimes our steps can't always be calculated. So I want you to live out loud. I want you to fumble and make mistakes, but I want you to just brush yourself off and get back up. So that is the purpose of this podcast. So thank you. Thank you for joining in. Now, I have recorded this podcast three times and you're saying to yourself, why? Well, one is that I don't want to give out something that just is sounding crazy. It's not making sense and is rambling. I want it to be of quality. I want it to be of something that makes sense because I know how I feel when I'm listening to a podcast and I'm sitting there talking back to the podcaster because they see me without seeing me. Right. And that is the goal. 
So yes, this is the third or fourth time of this recording. However, it's not because I'm a perfectionist. I have graduated. I try to stay out of the perfectionist realm. Um, that a lot of that has to do with that high functioning anxiety where you try to do everything. So everybody sees you in this perfect light. That is not the point. The point is to make sure that everything that I do is of its best quality. With that being said on this podcast today, today's episode, we are going to talk about seasonal depression. I am going to give my personal experience and some things that I feel worked for me, preface that saying for me. And the reason why I preface that is because sometimes when you hear these experts, sometimes when you hear your friends, sometimes when you hear people in your inner circle doing things. And on the surface, it sounds amazing. Like you're like, you know what? I should consider that. I really think that is a great idea. It may be a great idea. It just may not be a great idea for you. What I can encourage you in this journey is to do things and see how you like it. How do you respond to certain things? Everybody doesn't respond to things the same way. Like for instance, when I was in therapy, there were times when I would respond good. And there'd be times where, and and all I won't even say good or bad. I'll just say differently. Because there's no good or bad, especially if you're in therapy, the good and the bad is coming out, but everything doesn't work for everyone. So when I give an example of things that have worked for me, it is literally to open up the the thought process for you to say, what else can I do that I think would work for me? It's like being in school. You raise your hand, some student gives their perspective and it's completely different the way you saw it. And guess what? It's okay to have different perspectives. So take in the conversation that I'm giving today, take in the things that I have done for myself and create your own list to add or subtract the things that you think that would not work for you. But the goal is, if you're dealing with seasonal depression, is to get ahead of it, to have a game plan prior to it overwhelming you, right? There are points in seasonal depression and if you know, you know, And if you don't be blessed that you don't know that, but seasonal depression can be so overwhelming. It's almost like you're drowning in water, but you, you, you're drowning in water, but you're breathing at the same time, but it's also choking you at the same time. It's a lot. It's, it's very layered, right? Because everybody that deals with seasonal depression doesn't deal with it at the same time, doesn't deal with it in the same way. And again, the same techniques and tactics do not always work for everyone. So we will get into that conversation about seasonal depression. When did I realize I was dealing with seasonal depression? I've talked to Beverly candidly about my anxiety. You've heard me mention it already before. Um, And episodic depression. So episodic depression is when something will happen and it brings you back to a a place. And then that makes you depressed. Um, It could be something from your childhood. It just triggers a memory. And it can be overwhelming. And it could last like the episodic depression could last for days weeks months it depends everybody is different so i have all those things well the two things episodic depression and anxiety and seasonal depression we will get into that in a second but i do want to talk about some of the things i've seen on these internet streets and the reason why i want to talk about that first so that we can get into the depth of the conversation is so that You can get the depth of the conversation, right? Um, Here in Philadelphia, if you're not sure I am from, or should I say from, I guess I'm from, I live in Philadelphia. I've been here a while. I claim it as my city now and it's been an experience. 
However, this week, we had some looters that came through and tore up the liquor store, the wine and spirit store, um, a couple of Luliman, other stores and different things, right? And so it's been a mess here. All I know is that I don't see, I just, I'm not seeing how all of that helped, right? I'm not seeing how that set a clear message. And what am I talking about specifically? What caused the looters to come out in the very beginning? There was a gentleman, a young man named Eddie Izarezi, and I hope I'm saying his name correctly. And if I'm not, please forgive me. And he was shot by a Philadelphia police officer who then lied about the shooting, stating that Eddie had came and approached him or had been as aggressive and came charging towards him only to find video that does not support that. In the video, it is pretty much murder where again, he hadn't even opened his door and the police started shooting, killing him. And that police officer was charged. The city was glad about that. And then all of a sudden on Tuesday, those charges were fully dropped. Now, out of the response of that, many of people in Philadelphia came together to march about the injustice that was done. Because again, this is a man who, regardless of what his lifestyle was, whatever he may have had going on, at the end of the day, that man didn't even touch the door before he was killed for no for no reason. And when I say no reason, I do mean the fact that even if he was engaging in some type of other crime, keep in mind, you're supposed to go to jail. You're supposed to have your time in court. You're supposed to have all these things. If we have people that can just go around and say, you know what? I just think that they're, they're not worthy of life. Let's just kill them because they were committing a crime. I mean, what would be the point? Um, and so again, the looters came out and I, I will say the Philadelphia police department, they got on there pretty quickly from the video that I've been seeing videos have been circa, um, circulating all over the internet. And here we are. One of, they said, alleged um, instigator, her name is Meatball. I'm assuming that's her nickname. And so there was video of her where it was when it first began, when the looters first began. And she was just like, you know, if I go to jail, you know, I'm good. Well, she ended up getting arrested because they charged her with a slew. I mean, a slew of charges saying that basically she instigated it and um, they charged her with the same crimes that they would have committed. Um, she has since been released and, you know, is going on platforms and talking about it. Honestly, for why? I think she needs to, in my opinion, lay low. Anybody who knows anything knows that when you need to get a good attorney and you need to just stop talking, stop talking, stop talking, because anything you say can and will be used against you. That's not just at the time of your arrest. Like until you, till this is over, lay low, stay quiet, get an attorney. That is what you need to do. So Philadelphia has been on some foolishness this week. Um, I feel like Philly's been lately in these last couple of years have been on some foolishness. But y'all definitely topped the cake this week. Another story that I saw on in TikTok. Now, I don't know if you are on social media as much as I am on social media because as a content creator, that is where you post. That is what you do. Um, on TikTok, I saw a story where a a woman, I'm not sure if they were married or not, but they obviously were together. The woman was working two jobs. It's not clear if the gentleman was working one job or no job. I could not tell you, but she found out somehow that the man had been getting food stamps and here she's struggling to make sure that her and the kids had what they needed to have and all these different things. 
So the story came out and again, don't know who the people are. It's really not important. What is important is the fact that this man saw this woman struggling with two jobs, right? And instead of doing his part, like let's say he did get access to those food stamps. First of all, let me be clear about one thing. I'm not here to judge someone for food stamps because a lot of people don't know my story. First of all, I lived with my mother and sister in a homeless shelter when we were younger. And we got food stamps and different things when I was younger. And I would never... I would never look down on somebody for that. So we're not going to do that here on this podcast because you never know. My mom always said you could be two shades from the wind from being in the same position of somebody you speak of. So I've always carried that lesson with me and it always keeps me humble because the life that I have now is not the life that, um, that I had as a kid. The life that my kids now have is nowhere near the life that I had as a kid. And so in this story, this gentleman had gotten access to food stamps and did not contribute those food stamps to the home of which he either lived or was helping to support or should have been helping to support. And this woman's pain in her, in her, in her mouth, just out of her mouth just came. It was so gut wrenching because she was just like, I'm literally out here busting my behind to make sure that everything is good. And you had access to something that could have taken just a pinch just a pinch of the stress away, but you elected to not do so. Now, I don't know what he was doing with these food stamps. I don't know if he was giving away. I don't know if he was selling them. I don't know what this man was doing. What I do know is the fact that again, he should have been helping to make sure that that family is secure. One thing that I personally do not play with is do not mess with me about the security of my life. And what I mean by that is there can never be a threat like with me and my husband. And he's like, I'm going to put you out this house. First of all, our name is on this house. Praise the Lord. Um, that that's one part. But number two, even if it wasn't like, don't, don't do the threat of like, Oh, I'm gonna put you out. And a lot of that could be from being in a shelter as a kid. So the security of life, like having my life feel like it's not secure is not a good feeling for me. And again, because I deal with episodic depression would make me have a trigger that would trigger me. Um, but I can't imagine, I mean, I guess it does happen. And I don't even have to say, I guess I know that it happens where man or a woman is in a relationship with someone where again, what is your purpose of being in a relationship? If it's not to build, if you're having fun, say that, but if you're saying I'm committed to you and we're going to make this work and we're going to do life, how do you do life and watch someone that you love struggle? I don't even think that man even likes that woman. How in the world could you see her or her children, whether they're their children or not? And you know, you have access to something that could be a benefit, but you don't contribute to it in the, in any way. That story, I was just mind blown, but I really shouldn't be because in this day and age, anything is everything, right? I shouldn't even be surprised at this point. But again, it brought me back to the point of my own life. And the fact that again, you should never have any man in your life, woman in your life that will sit there and watch you struggle and not contribute to the health and benefit of your, of you. Like, I I don't understand that. Like when women say they have these men that don't work, that's why Tyler Perry in this comment about, um, you know, at least he's trying to pay the, the, the phone bill, the electric bill, whatever bill he claimed, but it wasn't the mortgage. Um, it's very disturbing because again, 
I know that black women specifically have been making things happen for a very long time. Again, I say my mother was in a shelter with us. She would get up every day and walk us from the shelter to our school or to the sitter's house, then go to her job, walk from her job back to the sitter's house. From the sitter's house, we went home and she walked it. Now, granted, Lancaster is not as big as Philadelphia because that's where we were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It wasn't as big as it is in Philadelphia. But regardless, one thing I always saw her do was to get up and make something happen. Like get up and do something and take care of your family by all, any means necessary, right? And so women have been doing this forever. To say at least he's paying the electric bill, the sentiments I do understand, I guess he's trying to say, you know, try to find a give and take and don't necessarily cut off a man just because he's, his contribution is less. That I could understand. I think the, the the commentary on at least he's doing, that part is disturbing to me because again, I've seen women get up and make it work. Now, this is not a male versus a female because I don't even take it to those levels. It's just about living. Everybody that is here on this earth has to earn their keep. We all, I don't care what you decide to be. I don't care what you decide to do. We all have to pave our way. We all do. So because we all have to pave our way, because we all have to work, because we all have to find a way to build strong foundations, strong families, strong individuals, the 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 comments on just as long as he's paying just that i think that is what is setting off a storm fire it is setting off a storm fire all over social media but specifically tiktok is the place now listen twitter used to be the place to go like i used to go on twitter you could find people and, and chalk it up but tiktok is the spot if you want to know about something that's going on and specifically if there's a debate about something tiktok is going to have it whether they perform it in a debate whether they talk about it in a debate whether they do a curated video or just get on there and start talking it's going to happen on tiktok so when i saw the story i wasn't shocked i wasn't shocked by the fact that this man in real life saw his the woman that he claims he wanted to be with struggle and had something to contribute right had something to contribute but elected not to for me messing with my security in that fashion especially because i have kids will be the clear-cut way i have to let you go and this is the reason why if i'm going to suffer and struggle me suffering and struggle on my own just means that because i was in one single whole household without another person's help that is the indication of the struggle but to be in a house where there are two people that need to pave their way and one person isn't doing what needs to be done, that could make a person leave. And that could go either way, uh, FYI, especially when the situation is warranted, right? And so I just don't understand. So I don't understand Tyler Perry's um, reasoning behind saying it. Um, I do get somewhat of the sentiments, but the way that it was worded, the way that it was stated, it just gives high fives to men. And I'm, this is not a male bashing situation, but it just gives credence to say there should not be a situation where Tyler Perry is encouraging women to just settle or just take whatever you can get. It should also come from the point in perspective that him being a black man could give the message to another black man that might've been received. Because you know, when we tell our men like to do something, it's not received, but let their boy tell you, let somebody that they admire, let somebody that they respect, then it becomes a thing, right? So that is the two stories that I want to talk about that has been happening on these internet streets. Are there more? Uh, Yeah, life be life in every single day. It happens all the time. 
But those were the two stories that I wanted to talk about that's happening on these internet streets. Now, let's talk about seasonal depression. Because I have episodic depression, I was very much confused and spoke to my doctor about how do I know the difference between an episodic depression versus seasonal depression for me. So we sat down and we discussed, we started making a journal. I should say, I started to make a journal about certain situations when I would feel those, the symptoms of depression that were congruent to my, the way that I was depressed. Like when you're in depressed depression, everybody don't have depression the same way. They depression don't look the same, right? Anxiety don't look the same for everybody. But for me, we carved out a journal and we started to discover certain triggers that just seemed to go with situations. So as situations would happen, then this, this would be brought on. But for me, season depression is a long stint period for me. It's about a few months. It for me usually would start at, I would say October or the middle of October until spring. It that long, it does. It takes that long. And for me, I started to recognize it as something where, again, I would do all the things that everybody tells you to do. I was getting out and keeping myself physically fit. I was hanging out with friends and getting out of the house and doing the things that I love. And then that's when I started to discover that things were not going well. And these long stints of this depression was very debilitating. But again, because... I do have high functioning anxiety that comes in is like the co-pilot of this. I was still getting things done. My blog that never missed a blog post that I needed to do. My social media stayed the same. This is why I always have been very clear that what you see on social media is a lot of screens and mirrors or mirrors and screens because there are a lot of happy and fun people. A lot of people come on there and they're just like showing you the best of whatever it is that they're doing. Some will showcase or talk about the times when things are not right. I am one of those people, but very few will do that. And because of that, people who are dealing with their own struggles, right? It's usually when you feel like, why me? Why am I the one suffering through this? Why have I been diagnosed with this? Why did I end up losing my job? Why did I have this situation happen? Why did my boyfriend, my husband leave? Why did my kids not want to listen? When you start having those moments, everything becomes more alert and it can be a trigger. And so you start seeing people who appear to be doing better than you. And all you start doing is comparing yourself. Well, if I had what they had, I would be better. And nine times out of 10, it's not always the case. So dealing with our mindset, dealing with seasonal depression and being aware of it, and then trying to make a path or a plan that will help you to alleviate, alleviate. And what I mean by that is, is that you may not eliminate it altogether, but you can at least soften the blow to the point where you'll be able to see life. Like you'll be able to move past, move through. For instance, a few years ago, I think I was, I discovered the seasonal depression. I would say maybe five years ago. And I, you know, would just notice like how dark my mind was, like how dark it was. Like I couldn't see. And I just felt like life was just simply happening. And to be honest, it probably was. And I was like, there has to be something different. There has to be more to this. Like, I cannot believe that I'm opening my blinds in the house. Like they say that having natural light 
in your home will help with that as well, especially in the winter months when it tends to get darker at night quicker. So here I am opening my blinds, um, working out, trying to eat a balanced meal, enjoying uh, my glass of wine here and there, still going to media events and doing, you know, the business aspect of that and thinking to myself, I'm good until I recognized that I was just simply functioning and this high functioning anxiety makes me look good. High function anxiety is not exactly this one of those things where it's going to tear you down and make you look bad. You'll look amazing, right? You will look amazing, always on point, always have things done. You know, you go above and beyond all of those things. However, deep inside of you is the struggle bus and you're the captain of it, right? So you struggle with the ideology of taking a break. You'll struggle with the fact that you're feeling dark, but you can't admit that to people because you're still concerned about what other people are saying. Um, for me, I had to take a step back and say, what is this? Let's talk to my doctor about it and let's have this honest conversation. So this year, let's go back to last year. Last year, I definitely had seasonal depression, but I can say that it wasn't as long as it normally would be. So that doesn't mean that it was perfected. It doesn't mean that I just finally cracked this, the code. It just means that I had that last winter, that last fall was a little bit better. I utilized the tools that I needed to use. I recognized that I needed to use it. And I allowed the people near me, the people who I gave the permission to kind of like talk me back into where I needed to be, that I could be good. However, this year, I started to recognize more depression, episodic depressive modes and uh, mood. So I went to my doctor to get some medication. Now, th let me just say this right now before I have y'all in my inbox, either emailing me or sending me some type of message on social media about the fact that I'm advocating for medication. I'm advocating for doing what is best for you. And if for you, you're like, I don't want to be medicated. I understand that. I understand that because before I got medicated, I felt the same way. I don't want to be on medicine. I don't want the stigma of what this looks like if I start to take medication. And what happened was I had to train my mind to say, first and foremost, if I had a headache and I had a migraine that was impossible and I couldn't get past it, would I go to the doctors for that migraine? And the answer is maybe. I can't just say yes. It would be maybe depending on the severity of it, but I say that as an example to say that doing what is best for you is what matters. You can medicate, you can not medicate, you can pray. Uh, the thing about prayer is faith without works. And the works to me is me going to therapy. The works for me to handle my situation is me staying vigilant. The works for me is to be honest about the, around the people in my inner circle so that somebody could be looking out for me. Somebody could be like, okay, she's going through something. Let me say some prayers for her. Let me make sure she's good. Let me ask her, how can I assist? That is the goal to find what works for you. For instance, I will always advocate for therapy. I believe in it. I believe that it works if you work it. I know that it's a great asset to have because if nothing else, if you're struggling and living by yourself and you're a single woman or a single man, having somebody else who doesn't see you every single day gives you some advice so that you could become a better human, a better person in this world, sign me up, right? Sign me up. 
because why do I want to suffer further just to prove the point that I am a strong individual? Like I'm still going to be just as strong when I'm in the midst of my, my mental health situation, but I'm going to continuously chop off the time that I'm spending in those moods. So I went to my doctor, we had a prescription plan or we have a prescription plan in place to know that, okay, it's okay to not be okay. And while you're not being okay, if you're choosing to do something that's going to uplift you, make sure that one, it's not altering your mindset. So that means not covering up things with drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or whatever your addiction, because I just, I, I just want to put that out there. Everybody got something right. Um, making sure that it's okay to say yes to you while you're going through the things that you're going through. It's completely okay. But again, we have been taught different lessons according to our cultures, according to where we live, the people in our, in our circle. If they're telling you like, oh girl, you know, I don't do that. We don't do that. Do you know what happens? Eventually you're just like, oh, I don't do that either. When reality is, is you know that it works. You know that you should be in therapy. And you know that at the end of the day, when those people close the door of their home, you're in your home on struggle. I've had moments in my life, not recently, but when I was in my twenties where I would have that alone time and it would just be a struggle. It would just be a struggle. What I will say is the first time I realized that I was having anxiety was probably after I graduated from Penn State University. So shout out to all of my blue and white and my family. We are Penn State. I will always rep them, but back to what I'm trying to say. I didn't realize that I had high level um, high level function or high functioning anxiety, I should say, high function anxiety until I graduated from Penn State. I remember going into Walmart in my hometown and going past the school supply section and the college section and just crying. Now, one would say, okay, maybe you just missed the school and you just wanted to get back or you were just comfortable because you missed friends. That could be a part of it. But for me, I realized the fact that I was like, what is my identity outside of my education? Uh, being a straight A student since like second grade is a lot of pressure that I put on myself and trying to fulfill that pressure allowed me to realize at that moment in that Walmart crying that, that I would never, not that I would never, because I could still go back to school. I could still get degrees. But at the time I wasn't going to school. Like I had graduated. I had done, I was complete. I had done the things that needed to be done. And now I'm sitting in the Walmart aisle crying while other people were trying to pick out pencils and pens and things like that. I didn't even have kids then when this happened. I had no kids, no prospect of children. I was living my good single life. I was doing things that single people should be doing. I was in the fact that I just graduated from Penn State. I should have been focused on building my career and trying to go out and trying to figure out that balance. But instead I'm in Walmart having a moment and I'm talking about that ugly cry, show enough breakdown crying in a Walmart, in my hometown, mad at the world because I'm not going back to school because my identity was just always seen from an educational platform. Like I have to be the best at the best. I want to make sure that I get the grades that I need to get, that I need to get all of these things. That is how I discovered that. When I discovered with my doctor's help and just having conversation, bouncing ideas off of her, telling her about certain things that were happening and that's pinpointing, okay, this is a trigger for you. I realized that having that information was helpful, not so I could succumb to it and just be like, okay, oh, well, it's not a big deal. But to manage me, I needed to understand the reason why I was having the moments in the first place. 
We don't just simply do things. I tell my kids that all the time. They probably get sick of time of hearing it, but yet they're not getting sick enough to stop doing it, right? So I tell them all the time that when you're doing the things that you're doing for yourself, um, you're doing them for a reason. If you're crying, you can't just say nothing's wrong. I'm okay. I'm just crying to be crying because nine times out of 10, that's not necessarily the case. When we're upset, when we're crying, when we're having these emotions, when we're doing whatever it is that we're doing, it's for a reason. It's trying to tell us something. We're trying to get ourselves to the point where again, we take care of, we got to understand us. And so when they do stuff and I ask them, why are you doing that? Why are you feeling that? What is, you know, what's going on? I try to get them away from just saying, well, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing that because you do. We all know we have in the back of our minds. We just don't want to tell somebody, um, having the ability to learn what you need is going to be key to helping you cut down on some of the episodes of depression. It's what helped me to get past the point where I didn't have it as long last year. So this year I've decided to make sure that I stay on my medication for that. Um, we talked about a plan on how to up the dose, how to increase the dose as the winter months kick in. If you're not team medicine, that's quite okay. But I do say find something that works. Therapy. Um, you can do things that's out of the box for your mental health and your wellness and your mindset and, and seasonal depression and things. Uh, taking up a new hobby, doing acupuncture, um, going to a chiropractor just to get yourself in aligned. Uh, there's a lot of things that people don't realize outside of, you know, going to get my hair done, going to get my nails done, going to get a massage. Those are great things to do for self-care. Those are great things to do for mental health. But when you're in the middle of a season of depression, you can get every, uh, every wax done. You can get every massage done. But if you're not taking care of you and you're not able to shift your mindset to that, you will find yourself overcome with it, regardless if you're doing all those things. Cause that's why self-care isn't just enough. It's not enough. You need self-care. You need a plan. You need to have accountability. Um, you need to have somebody else aware the somebody else that is aware that something is going on needs to be somebody that you actually trust. And let me just preface this by saying being friends with somebody for a long time is not, doesn't mean they automatically trust them. Um, you can meet somebody that you just met in a few months and they get you and they see you and you may distrust that information to them, but try to let somebody, one other person on this earth, know what you're going through as far as like when they're noticing certain topics, certain things that's happening to you. How can the people in your circle best help you to get through this? If they know that, you know, maybe in April you had a traumatic event that took place. And so they noticed that you suck a little bit more, you're, you know, you're irritable a little bit more. We need friends that again, when we know ourselves and we have the people around us, we have that accountability. You have people that can speak life. There was a story, another one I know on, I believe Instagram, it might've also been on TikTok. There was a mother who was having a hard time. I don't know her situation. I don't know what she had going on, but she was going to attempt to FaceTime a friend. And that friend went and gathered some more friends and they came to the door singing with flowers and they were singing, trying to uplift her spirits. Do you know how many people do not have that? Ask yourself, do you have that? Do you have somebody that's going to show up for you and show up without the mouth running? I told you not to go back to that boy. I told you not to go back to that man. That girl didn't mean nothing. When, where, where the friends at that's going to show up and without coming at you, without coming at your neck, not telling you, I told you so not making you feel less than the already feeling. Where's the people in your circle that simply show up and show out without any foolishness attached to it? 
Then women showed up at the front door. They didn't even walk in the house. Do you listen to me very clearly? I'm sure they eventually did, but they showed up at her doorstep with balloons and encouragement and song. And I was watching it like that. That's what I'm talking about. That right there. That level of accountability that somebody could say, I haven't heard from her. I haven't seen him. I haven't connected. We need to do a check-in. We need to do a check-in. Seasonal depression can be, again, days. Well, there's no most, not mostly days. It's mostly weeks and months, weeks and months at a time. And people, it starts in February, not February, but it starts in the fall. A lot of people have this misconception that it only happens in the wintertime. That's actually not true. You can actually go through seasonal depression even in the summertime too, because it could just come. But seasonal depression doesn't mean the season like of fall. It just so happens that we celebrate fall and the way fall is set up and it goes into winter. It's when we see the less sunlight. It's when we have experienced more cold days, unless you live in a sunny Florida or some other part of the country where you know, you're in the good part and it's like neither hot nor cold. For the most of us, we're going to start that process of going into cold air and that cold weather along with cloud, cloudy days or rainy days, along with, again, not having enough sunlight because we get to go into the darkness earlier. By the time I go to pick the kids up and bring them home from school, it will then begin in a few weeks or a few months, not even a few, pretty soon here, it'll change over. That can be a trigger all of its own because if you don't have the friends that's going to pull up on your front door without a question asked and, and actually encourage you, you need somebody to be able to speak life at you when you're literally at your lowest moment. I have a friend, I won't call her name out. She is an amazing woman and I didn't have any clue that she was going through her own bouts of seasonal depression. One day we were having conversation and I don't know how, if I don't know if I reached out to her and it came from a perspective of me talking about it or it came from a perspective of her talking about it, but whatever it was, it's neither here nor there. What ended up happening is we check in with one another. We both know that we're going to be dealing with this seasonal depression. So it's a quick text. It's a phone call. It's a card. It's a something that says you're not alone. Let me be that accountability person and make sure that you're okay. This is why your circle matters. And if you haven't listened to the episode, that's not this last one, but the one before that, your circle matters when you're going through your toughest moments. Because if them women had showed up on her front doorstep and they were just like, here we go again, we got to come up here and support you again because you done let so-and-so and back into your life. We got to support you again because every time we go out, you never seem to have any money and you always um, have life is always happening to just you. When we have people in our circle, that, that's why it doesn't help us when we're in the middle of our mental health crisis. You can't have everybody in that journey with you. It doesn't, it's not about longitude of friendship. It's not about any of that. You need somebody that can recognize, see, and have discernment to know that, okay, this woman, this man, this child is in a funk and it's going to take them a while to get out, but I'm going to do the best I can to be their uh, biggest cheerleader. I'm going to help them through, you know, the conversations that me and my friend were having, the text messages that me and her were having, I found it very uplifting because we both knew that we were both going through the same thing at the same time in our own way, because seasonal depression does not show up in the same way for everybody and knowing that somebody had my back knowing that somebody could see me when I couldn't see me and also see me from the 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 
the veil of love. I feel like in our interpersonal relationships, it doesn't matter the level of relationships, we just have gotten away from interpersonal. We've gotten away from caring. We've gotten away from, you know, showing kindness. We've, we've gone away from that. A lot of times we want to show off and show out something that we have. We want other people to know like, okay, you had the same thing, but I'm better than you. That type of stuff is unnecessary because again, it doesn't serve any purpose. If your child or children is struggling, it's not going to serve a purpose. If your sister or your best friend is struggling, it's not going to serve a purpose. If your dad or your mom is in their mood, they don't want to come out. They don't go out anymore. They just kind of like take a step back. These things are the things that matter. These are the things that you have to consider when you're considering the steps to what it's going to take to help you through your seasonal depression. And also keep in mind when it comes to seasonal depression and you're trying to get the circle right and you want the people to support you, there are many of us that, and I say us only because I've experienced this, where you don't have the strongest connection with people that are literally right around you. A lot of the friends in your circle are not in the same cities. They live in different states. They're not always around you. And so again, we need to get to the point where we encourage people that you don't know, strangers, people, everybody to get some help, to tell them, talk about the the several symptoms that seasonal depression can give you. Seasonal depression is real. I want us to get a better handle on treating it like it's real. I really want us to get a handle on what it is for us to show up in this world, even when our darkest day and try to make something happen. Think about the fact that, you know, if you had a cramp and it was that bad, like to the point where you felt like you couldn't walk, you could easily call off or some people can miss easier than some. Um, but you could essentially come into a space where, where you can create a space for yourself to, to have that down moment, to find a way to map out your plan. This is why I say having a plan in place is the key. Now I have a plan, a plan in place that was helped for me from my therapist. We worked on it together about what it means for like a red light system. So obviously you do not want to, <laughs> red is stop. So it's actually the opposite way. So the red is the stop. You're going good. You're just trying to get yourself together. And then all of a sudden you get to that yield sign and you're like, okay, first of all, I'm being more irrational. I'm finding I'm irritable. I'm hollering. I'm not myself. I've discovered all these different things are happening, but because it's an inner struggle, I need to put a pause. I need to figure out. So how can I get back to red? How can I get back to a full stop where I'm not on go 24 seven and I can take time out for myself. One of the things that people get so misconstrued when we talk about self-care is they're like, okay, well, you know, everybody wants to go get a massage. Everybody wants to go get their nails done. That's sometimes not even people's thing. It's about saying yes to you. Do you know when I had my children, of course, we are always in different seasons of our lives. So sometimes when you have your kids in the very beginning, especially for women who were either in the workforce or have to come out of the workforce because, you know, you giving up your whole check to daycare because it's so expensive to make sure that somebody else can look after my kid while I go and make money to supply, you know, to keep them sane and keep them stable, um, can be a lot. So having a safe space, having a plan, knowing that if you are at red, you're at peace, you're stopped, you can see things clearly, you can kind of look around, you can check for things that may be a trigger, you may be able to see it afar off. But once you start to get to that yellow, it's telling you that there's something to be cautious. So there, be aware, 
Be aware of everything that's going on. What you don't want to do is get on go. Do not misconstrue the fact that, yes, I'm encouraging people to like go get a hobby, do something that you love, find a new talent. Yes. But there are the, the extreme people who will put like, let's say, you know, they're depressed. They know that they used to be like eat their way when they were depressed. So they then go to the gym and they go ride, they go hard in the gym as they should because like health is wealth. But you discover along the journey, just from listening to a conversation that they're having, that oftentimes they were doing that because they were trying to make sure that they were okay. Like, I got to make sure I'm at a certain place. Um, I want us to get to the knowledge of what it means to be a safe space, to give a safe space. And again, those women showing up at that beautiful woman's door, encouraging her that it was going to be okay. And letting her know that she wasn't by herself. Listen, I can only imagine because obviously we're not her, but I can only imagine the feeling of being seen. Do you realize that a lot of people that is their, their downfalls that they just want to be seen, not because they want to be flipping and flashing. There are some, but for the most of us, we just want to show up and do whatever it is that we need to do for ourselves. And so when people show up for you, Try your best to not shut them out. When people are giving you help, try your best to not close it out. I talked about this on the blog and I'm going to mention this again. If you're married with your partner and you have to go do something, your partner has your family at home because he just happens to be home and he's looking out for his own children. He's not babysitting. He is with his family, right? And you're out making decisions and you get to the point where, again, you're overwhelmed. It's like going in a car that doesn't have gas, doesn't have gas till you come to a stop. And that woman looked like she was at a point of like, I'm coming to my stop, but I'm at my stop and I feel broken. I'm at my stop and I feel pain. I'm at my stop, but I'm not sure what my next step is going to be. Sometimes when you're in that season of depression, that those are the questions you ask yourself. How did I get here? I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Why is so-and-so doing more than me? And I feel like I started something, but I keep quitting. I don't feel like I'm becoming accomplished enough. I'm struggling to pay certain bills and I'm trying to also feed my family, but I also want to make sure we stay together. Like I have, or not just necessarily me, not specific to me, but just that notion of like what it means to not feel safe to not feel nurtured, to not be seen is very, very real. There were so many people who saw that video and could relate to it, especially single moms who may not already, who already have it hard, right? And choices are choices, but still nobody chooses to have that. Nobody chooses to be that way directly, I should say. Um, but that woman was able to be seen and the tears in her eyes was causing everybody else to figure out who was cutting onions because we were all on the struggle trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, do we have that in place for ourselves? Do you have that? And if you don't, my heart aches for you because you need at least one. My husband used to remind me like, you, only, you don't need a whole lot. You just need that one. Sometimes we're only gifted with that one. Sometimes we're gifted with more and then we take advantage of it. So let's not do that. But sometimes you just need one person in your corner that sees you because it's not like they have the power from seeing you is not, it's not magical. It just gives you hope and that hope is not deferred. And so you're able to stir up inside of you a will to continue. 
You're able to stir up inside of you the tenacity to say, okay, this is hard, but I can, I can do better. I can find ways to do better. And while you're doing that and hyping yourself up, also saying, but let me make sure I sprinkle some, some tools. Let me make sure I go ahead and talk to my therapist. Let me go ahead and make sure that I'm saying yes to myself more instead of trying to convince myself that I'm not deserving of something that I know that I am, right? We got to find ways to support. We've got to. You don't need to be in a situation where you're dealing with seasonal depression and not that anybody can yank you out of it. And definitely going to a lot of things doesn't mean that you're going to come out. But having support, having people who love you, having people that are in your circle, having those folks that are like, listen, come hell high water. If I got to swim to you to make sure you're good, I will do that. We have to have that in place. We need people who can do that. We need people who can speak life into some other people. So again, if you're dealing with seasonal depression, I found out I was dealing with seasonal depression about five years ago. Last year was probably my best year of getting through the seasonal depression because it didn't last as long as it had in the past. This year I'm taking matters. So having somebody in my corner that I could talk to that could help me develop a plan. Um, sometimes people don't have access to doctors, which are, irritates my soul. People don't have access to therapy. Um, in situations like that, this is why having friends is is good but also keep in mind your friends are not therapists so you can't always spew and dump your things onto them because not everybody is gifted um and hearing listening and being able to separate the person from the problem um not everybody is gifted in the ability to speak into you what you need and honestly you need to find somebody that's a third party out. And some people use community resources to do so. Some people go to their church and they use that as a supplement. All I can say is as a woman of faith, I will tell you this, You, I want you to pray, but also keep in mind that you have to do something with that prayer. That faith without works part has to come together. Like you have to tie all of these different aspects in. Seasonal depression, again, affects everybody differently. It lasts differently for everybody. The symptoms of it is different. Again, I can't stress enough. My irritability, my loss of interest in things that I love, my inability to look past this surface situation and continue on going, like you lose hope. Like there's a bunch of feelings. There's a bunch of triggers. There's a bunch of symptoms of it. Recognize it for what it is for you. Again, one small practice that I've done is that I've been trying to keep journals. I've had some journals from when I was a teenager, some when I was in college. And in those journals, again, writing down things that you notice that are altering your mood. Anytime your mood is altered, write down the date, write down the time, write down what the feelings are, write down how, you know, what's, what's happening, what's happening on the inside of you, write that down and keep it. Because again, some triggers are seasonal. They literally are like, think about it. The times like holidays are coming up. Do you know how much of a trigger that is for some people? Everybody don't live in households or have families that are like the best thing since sliced bread. So just the thought of going back home so you can be berated by your parent or disrespected by that Aunt Sandy from uh, Kirk Franklin's uh, documentary that I talked about in the last episode, well, this episode before last, you know, everybody has one of them. So it's like everybody don't have this cookie cutter life. And so the holiday trigger is real because some people are missing out on people that they love. But then the other part of it is, is that they, some people are alive and well, but they're missing out on people that they love, right? You, do you hear that? You can have somebody in your, in your life that should be very well in your life, but you end up missing out on the people that you love. 
for whatever reason, through trauma, through series of situations, through habitual line steppers, like I always say from Dave Chappelle, um, you got to find out what works. I encourage every last person, even if you feel like you don't need a therapist, I would still encourage you to try to talk to one at least one time. If you have a job and you can go through your job to get the free services from your employment assistant program, please do so. If you can gift the gift of therapy to somebody else, you're in a position that you could pay for a few sessions for a friend. You see that single mom that's that's struggling um, or you can help her find one that her insurance will cover or he his insurance will cover. Like be that gift to somebody else because there's a people out here that can do it. There are people who are in the means, they have all the means in the world and they can make it happen. And you may not have all money dripping off of you. I have, I don't have money dripping off of me either, but if I could help somebody, help them, pay a co-payment for them. Maybe they're, maybe they have a therapist and they haven't seen that therapist in a while because the gas prices are high. You can barely get um, enough groceries to feed a family without having to um, give out blood and everything else to get it. And so maybe the, the situation isn't that they don't have a therapist, is that they can't afford the copay. They simply cannot afford the copay. I will make this little small plug. That's exactly why I'm working with Governor Shapiro to find ways to accommodate that, to fix that, to change that. That is on the horizon. Um, and that's the governor here in Pennsylvania because I want people to be able to say, I can afford now to go see somebody and then give that, pay that forward to somebody else. See somebody at least one time. If nothing else, going to your doctor and expressing the real story when they ask you how are you doing tell them all the things because you're thinking that it may not be medical but sometimes it be it, it the things that you have going on that is struggling is actually what's causing your medical i can only speak from personal experience i had a series of my life a point in my life where i was going to doctors and doctors couldn't figure out what the heck was going on you know what it was it was first of all doing living on the edge doing things i had no business doing that's number one Number two had a lot to do with the fact that, again, that high functioning anxiety, that depression that I was in was eating away at my body. It was tearing me up like depression and things can make you sick. It can mimic, um, you know, you're thinking you're having a heart attack and it's a panic attack. You know, your stomach is in now. So you feel like, oh, my God, you know, my appendix must have to get taken out. I, one year, six weeks in between each other, I had my appendix and my gallbladder taken out because I was in all this excruciating pain. And here to come find out that it was literally just the stress that was just basically taking me out. Stress, stress. I was in a flight or fight and didn't even know it because again, I was 20 something years old. I was a single woman. I was hitting the clubs. I was drinking. I was having a great time. I was partying with my family members that I hang out with. I was doing all those things, but I was on the real struggle bus. So season depression, be aware, make a plan. Make sure that you get to the plan before you're on go because, again, you want to make sure that when you do get to the, to the point where you're on go, it's on for the right reasons. It's not because you're on go to a spiral because you can spiral, right? There are people who deal with um, bipolar and they have to be aware of what is going to trigger them. They have to be aware that they may need to take their medication or have your medication adjusted. You should be seeing your doctor every so often to get your medication adjusted, it's, especially if you feel like one is not working as well, or you feel like you need something else, whether that something else is another medication in addition to what you have or to change what you're having altogether. 
And I'm going to encourage you that if you do decide to get on medication for whatever your own purposes are, work with the doctor. Don't let the doctor just assign you anything. When I went to talk to my doctor about getting medication, I had a list of things that I did not want them to alter. One, I didn't want to be the situation where I was a zombie and I wasn't my my normal fluffy self. Um, number two, don't mess with my sex drive. I ha- I am a happily married woman. I want to do what I got to do when it's time to do. And I don't need by nobody messing with my libido. Don't mess with it. Let it be. Let it go. Um, I don't want my hair falling out. And I didn't want to have the situation where I was overly sick trying to get one situation and creating another. So although I had other things on that list, those were the main points for me. And as I talked to the doctors, we said, okay, well, this one will do this and this one will do that. And we do know that all medication, no matter what they say will do or not do, works differently in everybody because it's a chemistry work. We all know that, right? We all know that. But certain non-negotiable things is what I went in when I talked to her about exactly the game plan that I wanted to have in place. And my doctor is absolutely amazing. My doctor has saved my life more than one time. And I truly mean that. But again, we made a plan because we know what's up the road. We know it's, it's a possibility that it's going to come because it's, it's been, it's been consistent. It shows up, it shows up on time. So I want to be better. I want to be ready and I want to be real clear um, about it. And last fall winter, I went on social media and let people know I am not okay. And everybody was like, not everybody, a lot of people were super supportive, but there were a few people that were like, I don't know how you did it. You know, you're so, you know, amazing. I don't know how you would just go on there and tell them because I don't need you being focusing on what I'm posting and everything looks great. I need you to be focused on the real reality that life happens to me just like it happens to you. And I'm no different than anybody else. I'm no wonder. I may be able to do some wonderful things, but I'm no wonder that I can think that, you know, you know, things don't, I'm just good. Nothing happens. Like it does happen. It happens to the best of us. So I always want to be clear. I want to be open about that. Um, one other thing that I also do in the winter and the fall, um, because I'm a, a content creator, I get invited to so many media events. And oftentimes those media events are going to come with a cocktail, a wine, a something. Now, I do love a great cocktail. I do love an amazing um, wine. I do love a great beer. But there are moments in my season of depression where I will just drink nothing but mocktails. I cut and eliminate um, alcohol as much as possible. And I mean, literally will cut it. Um, I've been at events where I've told the bartender, please do mine. Just make me a mocktail. Please just make me a mocktail. Shout out to the restaurants who are doing better jobs of offering better mocktails. Because when I say mocktail, I don't mean my kids apple juice or their juicy juice box. I literally mean a cocktail that sands without the drinks without the alcohol i mean one that looks just as pretty one that's all put together so when i'm cheersing with my friends i just want to cheer with my friend without going home with my mind boggled down because now on top of me taking my medication on top of me um trying to get my mind together and then i'm also i'm self-medicating with drugs and alcohol i don't want that but again these things work for me also some tools that i use journaling obviously because i'm big on journaling Um, I have a seasonal depression light. It's almost like a light therapy. You plug it right into this laptop that I'm always on, right? Always on the laptop. So you plug it in you let it stand like kind of like right next to you and it will mimic as if you're in a sunny place. Now, 
It may sound crazy to you, but I will say if you are consistent with this light therapy, you have to be consistent. You can't just show this light into your face on Monday and then show back up on two months later and be like, it didn't work. It's literally about taking 15 minutes a day, putting the light with your laptop that you're already working on, allowing that light to shine so that it can keep you going. And over time, the light therapy does work because it does the mind, tricks the mind. It tricks your body to thinking that your mind really to think that you're in one season when you're not. So if you want it, I'll put the link in my bio so that you can, not my bio, I'm so used to my, my blog or my social media, but I will put it in the show notes for you to grab that light. Um, it is an affiliate. So I sometimes will make a commission. Well, I, I make a commission off of that, but that's not the point. The point of it is, is that I just want to make sure I say that up front. But the second point of that is, is because if it's a tool that you want to try, give it a try for my, those who need to sleep. Well, I use my sleep headphones. Um, they're called sleep phones that allow me to get good rest. I just got a brand new weighted blanket. Weighted blankets are helpful for me because when I'm not getting, Uh, When I'm in a season of depression, you have a tendency to stay up at night. You have a tendency to be up at all hours of the night when you know good and darn well you got to get up and do life, right? And so it allows my body to feel like I'm having a hug on me. Let me just say, people say all the time, I don't like stuff that heavy on me. I don't like that. Again, do what's best for you. Uh, You can get weighted blankets that are for children and it can be just enough to make you okay. You can get weighted blankets that, again, they come in increments of the weight you choose. Now, the first um, weighted blanket that I had, that thing was 50 pounds. It was a beast to take up and down the steps because sometimes I like to sit on the couch and kind of have it when I'm journaling. And it's a beast to walk up and down the steps. But I have one that's a little lighter. It's not as heavy as the 50 pounds, but it's perfect for me. The first day that I got it, I took it out of the bag and did all the things. I went to sleep immediately because it literally stops the tossing and turning in bed. It stops me from having that movement and allows me quality rest. These are just a few of the tools that I personally use that will help me along with making sure that I try to make healthy eating habits, making sure that I try to get to the gym as much as I possibly can, which I need to get my life back together again. But for the most part, I try to do those things because it's not about taking care of the thing. It's about taking care of you as a human being. Yes, I am a wife. Yes, I have children, but I am no good to any of them if I'm not good to me. And what I've noticed is that when I take care of myself, I'm actually a better wife and a better mother to my kids. I can see things clearly. I'm not as irritable and I'm not making the other people in my house suffer through because of the situation that I'm in. My kids and I and my husband and I, we have very authentic conversation. When a family member in our house is having therapy, we're having that person is having their therapy and it's okay in our house to talk about the fact that we're going to support um, your sibling, your parent, your mom, your dad, you know, one each other in whatever it is that they're going through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations with Toy. If you want to listen to other episodes and specifically where I talk about mental health and mental um, wellness, there are plenty of episodes. I even have a fall one that will help you if you are struggling at the beginning of this new season. When that weather starts to, to, to click for me, that is also a trigger for me. I like the cold, crisp air. I don't like it when it feels like I'm cold. Because then I feel like that coldness brings upon that heaviness. Again, that's my own hang up. It may not be yours. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to all the other episodes that you listen to. Thank you for the support. Remember that you can listen to this podcast, share it with someone else. Please share this, this specific one to somebody else because you may be helping them to feel seen and heard. And number three, leave a comment, leave a review on any platform that you're listening to. I will read it. I love reading the comments. You guys make me feel amazing. And it's always a little bit of a little breadcrumb of encouragement so I can continue on making content for you and getting everything out for you. But again, have the most amazing weekend. Today is National Family Day. So regardless if you are a family of one, a family of two, a family of 20, it is a day to celebrate the family unit. Whatever your family is made of, whatever components and people that are in it, Make sure that it's the right folks, especially when you have that choice. Like you can't help who you're born into, but you can choose the family that you want. And for me, a lot of times my family is my family, but also my friends who have become my family. So friends and family is family. And I call them that because I want them to understand that these are the family, the people that are close to my heart that I choose. And not all my friends are part of my family. I got friends, then I got family, and then I have my family. So again, get the right people in your circle, especially when you're in your darkest moments and your darkest day. But I want you to always remember something that I always had to remind myself in the darkest of moments. It doesn't matter the darkness and the darkness can feel completely debilitating. You, you don't see no end in sight. There was many a day where I didn't see an end. And I just thought to myself that I'm just going to stay here and I'm just going to never, you know, get to the place that I know I want to be and know I can be. Please don't lose your hope. Do these steps and things that you want to add to your steps that's going to ignite the hope. Because as long as you ignite the hope, there's some hope that you can continue to go on. And eventually you'll start a fire and that fire will get strong and it'll be able to consume the people because it's going to bless the people that's around you. It's going to bless you. It's going to do all those things. You hear that PK coming out of me? Yeah. Bless everybody. Bless your soul. Yeah. All that. But thank you for rocking out with Conversations with Toy. Have the most amazing week. I will be back next week with a brand new episode with some new content. I hope you have the most amazing week and weekend. Do one activity that will make you feel happy. One thing that's just exclusive to you. Doesn't have to be majorly big. Doesn't have to be overly expensive. Just one thing that says yes to you. Giving yourself the space and the time to deal with and heal through your mental health and your wellness. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.